Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. We've discussed many different tactics for getting your short films into film festivals on this podcast, but at South by Southwest last month, we decided to head straight for the source, the people in charge of selecting the films themselves. That's right, we're talking about the all-powerful festival programmer. And to get the inside scoop, there's no one better than South by Southwest senior film programmer, Claudette Godfrey. On today's program, Claudette and I run through exactly what it is that attracts a festival programmer to a certain short. She also gives us a rundown of the things a filmmaker should focus on when submitting, as well as what they should attempt to avoid when working on a project they hope will be selected. Claudette makes a powerful case for the value of festivals like South by Southwest for all filmmakers, and if you're in the middle of planning a festival run, you better listen close. Hey guys, it's John Fusco, and I'm here with Claudette Godfrey, right? Yes. Great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your title at South by Southwest? Uh, my title is Senior Film Programmer. Boom. So today we're going to talk about what it's like for a film programmer. And, uh, you know, if you got a short, maybe some things that you can do to help increase your chances at getting into such a prestigious uh, program at South by Southwest. Perfect. Uh, great. So how long have you been with South by, Claudette? I am, this is technically my 10th year to work full-time. Um, Janet hired me on f- at, right after college, but before that I worked as a, um, I was a, we have these volunteers who are like the crew chiefs of their, of a crew of volunteers. So I did that because I was only 20 and I, we don't have interns over 20. So, uh, or who are under 21, I mean, they have to be at least 21. Okay. So I had like done an interview and they're like, we love you. But then like, just kidding, but you can do this other job, which I had so much fun at. The next year I was that person's intern mm. and did that. And then the next year, I pretty much spent all of my college half the year at the South by offices instead of going, I was, I went to UT for film school. Mm. So I ended up just hanging around. So then it was basically my part-time job, um, my last year of college, my last semester of college, and then actually left college early, um, to go to work for Cine Vegas, which is a rest in peace festival in, um, Las Vegas. That was the biggest party (laughs) to man. Um, and then that same summer is when, uh, Matt Dentler left. So I felt like my family fell apart. Matt moved and Janet took over and Janet was like, Hey, someone else left and was like, Hey, do you want to like come back and be the festival coordinator? And I was like, all right, because I'm born and raised in Austin. My whole family lives here, and I was kind of on the fence of, like, staying in Austin or moving to L.A., so. How does one become a programmer? Like, what is the criteria for, what do you have to have on your resume and able to, like, get selected to have this position? There is no answer to that question. (laughs) Um, I think uh, the best thing that you can do is try to become you know like if you're just like a person out in the world and you're like that seems interesting I think I could do that I think you would want to try to get um one of the kind of like volunteer positions screening for a festival whatever festival is near you because every festival pretty much needs um manpower to help them get through all their submissions this year we got over 8,000 submissions so obviously the you know five or six people who have programmer in their name that work at South by are not watching all of those. Um, so, you know, we have a group of volunteers that have some kind of qualification, like they're, they're professors, they're filmmakers. They went to film school and now, you know, they go to every film festival, but they work their regular job as an accountant or whatever it is. 
and basically, at least for South by, we do applications in the summer when we need people like open on the internet, where yeah. if you know somebody that you could just like fill out an application and then we do kind of tests and let people, um, they, where they do kind of a sample grading process and we see if they jive with us mm. and then they volunteer. And if they're really great at volunteering, you, you kind of see people who have talent that are kind of like, oh, they are in a line. Cause that's the thing. It's, it's such an opinion based. Right art form that's yeah. why it's like confusing to understand how you even get into a film festival yeah. it's like everything's based on opinion but for us we're looking for people who are really like smart in analyzing things and are able to distinguish their own opinion from the possible opinion of other people um and kind of just have a bigger view of like what is south by looking for not just is a film you know there's so many shades of gray around all of it that we kind of like and then those people sometimes get paid to watch more and then sometimes they become you know I have um three associate programmers who don't work for south by outright that um they just do it in their spare time because they they're they did such a great job screening that now they watch a lot more and get paid and get a title and get to you know do intros and Q&A's and those are just people who did a really great job volunteering. So they've so. gone on to other film festivals to become programmers there, essentially. Well, no, they're programmers at South by. They're oh. just our associate programmers. Oh, okay, okay. So they don't work in our office. Gotcha. But they, you know, they do it um, sort of after like work. Freelance programmers? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Kind of, yeah. So then what does it take to get like what do you look for to get into South by Southwest? Are you allowed to tell me like what's on that grading? Yeah. Uh, I mean, sheet? it's actually super simple. I mean, it's mostly like in the shades of gray of what people write. I mean, the form is and that's why we look for people who are able to articulate things in a very clear and not even verbose way, you know, mm. um, where it's like, <laughs> what's good about this? What's not good about this? And then why or why does this not work for what we program? So you might watch a really amazing animated feature film that's really great, but it's for kids five to nine. Mm. We don't have kids five to nine in our festival. So while that movie is great you will still write that the fit is not a good fit for South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the thing. And then the other stuff, so then we grade one to five, five being like the best thing you've ever fucking seen. There are no very few grades like that. And then one where it's like, this is unshowable, mm -hmm. um, that type of kind of in between. So it is definitely in the gray area. It's sort of like if you have friends where you talk to them about films you love and you're like, oh, we are like understanding each other. We are on the same level and we agree. That's That's kind of you know, the people we're looking for that jive with us. Cause we do, um, even though we do have different specialties within our office and differing opinions, we still do kind of have a very cohesive idea of what the festival is, is programming and, and what our kind of function is. So then for short specifically, like, is there any, uh, is, is there any criteria that would maybe help them stand out in a way versus the other shorts? How many shorts were, uh, submitted this year? Shorts was, I think, right at 5,600, okay. so 5,600, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. um, the total shorts program at the end of the day, even when you're counting music videos, the Texas high school, the VR projects, we were like a right around 150, but 40 of those are VR projects, you know? Mm -hmm. 20 of them are music videos, 20 of them are high school kids. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about the main like academy qualifying competition of the narrative shorts, the documentary shorts, and the animated shorts blocks, between all of them, there's less than 40 movies. Mm. So it's a very small percentage. And then the bulk of those submissions are actually narrative shorts. So if you want to get into a film festival, make an animation. Because <laughs> those are the, that's kind of, it's the hardest thing to do. But um, the narratives, this year we had 3,500 narrative shorts for basically like 20 slots. Right. Was What was it about the narrative shorts this year uh, that did 
get selected do you think that uh, uh, made them make them unique, I guess, from previous years or something that you in vice versa, what's something about the narrative shorts this year that you see sort of uh, as a pattern for for uh, winners or those that are selected year and, and year and, and year over and over and over again? Yeah, from year to year, it's definitely the subjects are different. Um, it's kind of like what's the zeitgeist of like what is kind of coming to the forefront. But I think most often when people kind of ask like, what are you looking for? It's like year to year, it's the same because some festivals do program around themes or certain ideas each year. We do not do that. Like what we're doing is looking for the stuff that like I'm sitting on a couch watching movies for 12 hours a day. Sometimes I'm looking for the stuff that grabs my attention is sucking me in and like is emotionally engaging to me Mm -hmm. because if you can do that in five minutes, like that's amazing. That's a talent. Um, and so that's mostly what we're looking for in like a story that, uh, you know, kind of the cliche of ways of saying it is also like, we're looking for a story we haven't ever seen before or a story that we've seen a million times. that's told from a unique kind of director's point of view in a way we haven't seen it before. Hmm. So then what was it about? Uh, I just watched da- uh, Danny's film. Yeah, uh, Chris- Krista. Krista. Yes. <laughs> what was it about Krista, for example, do you think that that elevated it to the point where it won the uh, special jury award? Yeah, well, her acting is amazing. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, like Danny's work, obviously it's been – he's had many projects at the festival, but – you know, he's he's working with a really great team, but also the attention to detail that they're putting into their work is what really makes it. It's like, um, you know, Danny's like number one fun thing that he loves is sound designing or like he yeah. like is just recording shit all the time and doing things. He did our bumpers one year and it's like he makes so many he makes sounds with his voice like he does that. And so the sound design in that is very and also like the natural sound that he's using to turn into more like percussive elements is creating this tension mm-hmm. that a lot of people just pay no attention in their short to mm-hmm. the sound or mm-hmm. sound design at all. Um, that that elevates it. Obviously her performance is amazing, but I think um, it's also kind of like the subtlety of it. Um, you know, the stories about a girl who's getting hassled and like how she kind of takes the, pa- the power back. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, those stories are overwrought, you know, or very... Um, exaggerated dramatic and don't feel real or um authentic Mm. um and i think the story feels authentic and i really like that it's 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 more focused on the very small ways in which you can kind of perceive your own life and feel your own life instead of like look at this girl who's gonna like show him who's boss and like be really over it's like very subtle and it's like the very end of the program which I think some people if they're not paying close enough attention at least in my program this year it's one in one of them it's the last final film is that it they're like oh it's kind of a downer because she's getting hassled I'm like no but at the end she has the biggest smile on her face because she knows she's like found her own power right which is a very powerful thing I think especially in this like kind of moment of time and for those of you who want to see the short it's on Vimeo now they uh they won the the first Vimeo first ever like Vimeo staff picks award that's like been awarded and obviously they do the the staff picks you know every week on their website every day almost I think and um this is kind of so they're the sponsor of our shorts program this year and they wanted to do as part of their their it's their 10-year anniversary of doing staff picks Mm -hmm. do a actual physical award at a festival that's like given out to somebody and then it goes online because most of the staff picks are kind of um, you know, somebody puts something online, they find it and they love it and they elevate it. So 
of this worked the other way is that they they found it here and then awarded it and then the next day it's available online directly after the award so you can see it now i wonder how many people have watched it so good yeah it's really amazing and lowell the cinematographer we had him on the thunder road program he's here with three projects so yeah at least (laughs) yeah um anyways the it brings up a whole other uh, uh, a whole other sort of question uh, that we come up again and again uh, encounter when we're talking about getting shorts into festivals is the whole like do I premiere it first at a festival or do I premiere it first online? Is a festival not going to accept my short because it's been exhibited somewhere before? How does South by Southwest deal with that? Um, we and Sundance are very aligned, which is that we don't give a fuck. Right. <laughs> so we want to play at South by, we want to play the work that we love. And sometimes that means that there's an animation that's been at 50 festivals and won a million awards. And it's the best animation I've seen in five years. And I'm going to show that to my audience because it's very unlikely, even with stuff that's online, like something like uh, there's a music video we're playing this year that has like, you know, 10 million views and so many people afterwards was like, I love that video. I've never seen that, you know, and it's been online for like eight months. So, you know, um, there's kind of this perception that because something is available online, everyone has seen it, but that's just not, you know, there's so much content now that the role of us curating things, that's the most apparent way that I see of like, you obviously still need curators in the world because there's great stuff that's massively su- yeah. successful. And then, you know, maybe like four people have seen it in a theater of 300, which is surprising, but also cool. And also, you know, we just want to, the the thing about it is like filmmakers that put their stuff online, that's great and it can get a lot of attention, but South by is about the community of filmmakers. So bringing those people to have that experience. Like why would I not want somebody who made something amazing mm. who's sitting at home in their house wherever mm-hmm. to not be able to kind of come and join a great community of filmmakers and like be a part of like the family that we have. <laughs> so let's talk about that then. Let's talk about what are the advantages of being in a festival. Once you're here, your short's been selected. How do you make the most of your time at a festival as a short filmmaker? I think number one, you make a plan, but be entirely flexible about it. I think a lot of people really miss, um, not a lot because so many of the filmmakers this week have brought this up, but some people think, okay, I'm going to go to my screenings and I'm going to go try to do all the cool stuff and make like, have a great South by experience. But what makes it really great is actually going to see other filmmakers work. Cause so many people, you know, I talked to somebody who was leaving yesterday and he just called me on his way out and he was like, dude, I didn't even understand that I needed this, that it's like reinvigorated me and like inspired me seeing my own work be with all this other great work and kind of like to go out and keep doing it. Mm. Um, you know, more than ever, I feel like people, especially if you don't live like, or have, even if you live in New York or LA, if you don't have like a tight filmmaking community, there are people, we have several shorts in the program this year where they met at South by last year or two years ago. And I was like, wait, how do y'all know each other? Like we met last year at South by and kind of go on to work together and lift each other up or help each other on things because I think the South by vibe is like community and family and love and like how can you help people who are doing cool things with their cool things and how can they help you which just is not necessarily how you're feeling when you're toiling away on your project all alone in your house right (laughs) I mean I totally feel that vibe whenever I come here and uh I feel like you don't even have to have a project in that way, like that screening at the at the festival or in competition uh, to be able to maybe take advantage of some of those things. How about for short filmmakers who don't have a project in the festival? Can they? Do you think that they can still benefit from coming to South by Southwest and uh, 
how could they make how could they benefit most from that yeah i think um i mean if you're coming i mean seeing the great work also is very inspiring and for um a lot of our filmmakers who come there's they that that idea of like the love extends to anybody who's asking them for help or a question or anything. So coming to kind of see the work, like filmmakers love talking to people about their work after screenings. I mean, that's part of why they want to exhibit it. So having, you know, that, and then also the conference, there's so many sessions with so many people I wish I could go to. I haven't gone to any this year, but then we also have mentor sessions and workshops and all these things that you can sign up for to, you could go and like have spoken one-on-one to like a massive agent or a person who's running a film fund or all these ways where you could connect with someone and then they could also, you know, help you in the future or the workshops where you can like learn something you don't already know how to do from like an expert in that field. So, you know, then how do, uh, how does South by sort of help those filmmakers that they've screened their work? Day seven. <laughs> is that all it is? Only day seven? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> How does South by Southwest help the filmmakers that they've had in their program once the program is over, like uh, to, to further their career? I mean, I think probably every filmmaker would have a different idea for this, but I think like the number one thing is that um, they are meeting other people who are going to help them and lift them up, but also, um, you know, at least for me, every year before the festival, you know, agents and managers and people who are looking for new talent and trying to develop writers and every type of people who are trying to get in on the ground floor and the like new talent, like that, like I will be like, here's all the, you know, whatever 100 like shorts of the kind of that you're, you might be interested in. They're like, okay, but what's the best one? They're always looking for this like up and coming talent and to also lift people up. So I think it's like those types of people who you might like go back to your city and then like get an agent, get a manager there. They'll help, you know, move you to the next level or get funding or get into it kind of just as like another stamp on your resume of like your work um, is valued by these people. So we should pay attention. So like other festivals will, uh, you know, ask you to submit or maybe extend an invitation based on, you know, you having had work here. So I think it's not as like tangible as like, I got a million dollars. But, you know, for some people, I mean, for the animation documentary and for the narrative filmmakers, the winners who are getting Oscar qualified, you know, that's a very real um, thing. I'm not really saying that the things that we play at South Bar are necessarily what the Oscars are interested in, but you are, you know, qualified for that. And it definitely does, um, you know, mean there's like overwhelming of like people who are at least interested in meeting you or checking out your film or, you know, seeing what you're doing next. Are, uh, does it help a film's chances of maybe like if, if there was a short film, if like Prospect, for example, was a short film that got uh, uh, accepted to South by, when was that, like four, uh, two, 2000? It was, uh, it was 2014, so, I want to say. Yeah, no, so it was almost four years ago. They spent a lot of time putting together this yeah, feature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, it's great. It's great. But now they're, they're back. Would you say that um, shorts that have screened at South by Southwest um, – have a pretty good chance of like being developed into a feature and then accepted at South by Southwest. Is there some sort of like a legacy, would you say? I mean, this year we do have four films that played as shorts at South by 1985 Thunder Road. Never Going Back is not this doesn't have the same name as a short, but it's the same characters. And um, 
the one you just said prospect. Yeah, prospect. Um, and, it's, <laughs> and I think uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that, but what it does mean is because I think if the filmmakers are interested in that, not everybody is. It's kind of like they're like, oh, that was a world and that was the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want to make something else. But yep. for the filmmakers that are interested in, I think it does help them. And I think it also... You know, it means just like having your work at a festival also means you're part of our community. So when you're making your feature or you're ready to submit, you can say, hey, Claudette, this is the feature I made from that short, you know, be sure to check it out. So it doesn't, I mean, we reject so many things from alum at this point because that's like kind of a common misconception. Like you have Mm -hmm. to know someone Mm -hmm. except for that, like probably 90% of the people who have a short this year, like I didn't know their name or had no idea who they were before they came. There was one person who had, has an ambiguous name that I thought was a woman, but then it was a guy. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. You know, we don't know all these people. And that's, you know, the point of South by is kind of the discovery. So having, you know, new fresh people is always good. And also like not every project is something that's always right for the festival. So, you know, we're always trying to have new, new talent, but of course, you know, having, being able to, exhibit a feature that started as a short um you know one of the most famous examples from the last few years is uh krisha mm-hmm. um that trey edward schultz uh, directed and you know that where for i think f- at least the feedback from these types of filmmakers is they're like you know i came here with the short and the support and kind of the feeling I came away from the festival with was like, I can do this. I can go and turn this into a feature. It was like this idea of kind of empowerment um, from the festival, but you know, nothing is ever guaranteed. So it always just depends and depends on if the feature is also great and amazing and, and works for us, but it is very exciting for us to be able to be, to keep supporting those filmmakers as they kind of grow. Do you think that like genre films in general have a particular spot at South by more than they would at like any other major festival so um we definitely have a specific space for them in the midnighters um and I think we have an audience that is very interested in those types of films um and also in comedy we kind of have somehow become this like home for comedy because you know we do have a comedy festival but also just like the audience is like ready to laugh and they don't necessarily have to take every film so serious it's a it is a film like you can or like steven spielberg said the other night ready player one he was like you know we we made a film but we made a movie you know where it's it can be fun it can be you know engaging and you can laugh and not just it doesn't all have to be serious filmmaking so um or you know the style the it is serious filmmaking but you can also laugh we've had i think maybe the answer is yes because we've had um several opening night films that were genre films mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that happens at other large festivals. Right, right. Um, one of my favorites was Cabin in the Woods or this year A Quiet Place. Yeah. Um, those types of things like they are not just only in the midnight program but we have you know kind of genre throughout also in the visions program yeah. and like we have more of that kind of like prospect is sci-fi it's in visions like not all in that program if we do focus on it in a pro in a in a section of the festival but we we're kind of like i mean at the end of the day we're just like what do we love yeah. what's engaging us like we want to play work that you know is kind of catching our attention because the go ahead it's like you're not filling anyone's like agenda pretty much yeah well that's the thing is that south by because it started as a music festival there's this element to everything that we do that's like we just do whatever the fuck we want you know it's like whatever (laughs) like we don't care we'll do whatever we want um so we feel very uh great about just making our own rules but also breaking our own rules Mm -hmm. when it's appropriate and just you know, it's kind of that it's like with programming, it's kind of just like a gut feeling about what 
you should do or, you know, things to include or making space for new things. Like this year we finally had, um, we've been doing episodics for like, since the first one that we screened was girls premiere back whenever that was like six years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then we've had a program for the larger episodics, but this year we had independent episodics because it's like, why didn't we, we have room for every single other thing. It's up by Southwest. Like let's like get a space so that those people can be here and be a part of the community. Cause it's just all about bringing great people together who are interesting and making interesting work and like, kind of like fostering that but it definitely like lends itself to like Austin's chill and we do whatever we want it's like you know I like my my uh personal catchphrase when I was like in high school and college was like I do what I want I don't give a fuck yeah. I do what I want when I want and that's kind of the the vibe within reason because we are a large company at this point but we kind of try to hold on to that and be flexible well it seems like you embrace filmmakers that embody your own ethos so it's like you know you want filmmakers that are trying to break the rules too totally which is pretty cool um since we touched on indie episodics and episodics there's so many outlets for short form content this like era i guess yeah. that we're going through um what would you suggest anyone like who wants to make who has an idea for a short form co- piece of content if they're trying to be successful if they're trying to get into a festival do you think they should make it an episodic series sort of thing just like a regular short sort of thing maybe a music video what is uh what would you say has the best what's the hottest thing right now I guess I mean I think it's more like for me it's like make the most authentic and like real to you true to you the story that you have to make and then think about all the ways which you can kind of transform that because I think it's like there are these different areas but a lot of the stuff fits in more than one thing. Like some of those episodic pilots, we could have played them as a standalone short. Mm-hmm. Some of the shorts we played, I'm sure they have some other episode of it written like that they think it could become its own world. I definitely, at least one filmmaker is like, yeah, I already have like a you know five season Bible of yeah. this short. Yeah. But it's it's kind of more just being open to the idea that like anything can be anything. Because last year we played Game of Death, and um, I, I honestly, um, you know, it was in Jared's program, but. I watched it as a feature and I thought of it as a feature and then I found out later it had been produced as an episodic but because we didn't have an independent episodics category at that time they just put it all together and submitted it as a feature so I think that's kind of I kind of think that's like my advice to everyone is like don't worry about what type of content something is just make some badass content and then see where it can take you see if it can be developed into something else you know enter it as a short and somewhere and enter it into the like you know series fest and those kind of episodic places because really you should just be trying to take up any opportunity that you can and as I think it's more often that people are like well no this is only a short or this is definitely it has to be an episodic and I don't want to play it as a short film like where you know no one gives a shit about those are just like exterior labels that we're applying to work it's like all of these things are 10 minutes like we can think of them however we want Mm -hmm. or no or maybe you know that there are eight more episodes of 10 minutes (laughs) that we could watch um so I think you know that's it's more about just making this the things that feel you know authentic because that's really what we're looking for at the end of the day is like tell your own story tell a story that is important to you and then tell it in the most like real way you can do it and like you know every you know, so many filmmakers, even this week, they're like, yeah, I made this in an apartment with a thousand dollars. Like you can still do that, especially with the technology that's available. And that's why you need friends. That's why you need a community and, you know, going to any festival, whatever festivals near where you are, like, it's never bad to like make new friends who could maybe help you make what you want to make. I'm going to say, uh, that's true. And I've also heard like 
pretty much at every panel that I've been at this year, you know, the typical, you can shoot a movie on an iPhone now, Yeah. you know, like tangerine and then they'll just say the word tangerine. Yeah. Um, is that really true? Like, do you really think that a movie with such low or a short with such low production value, uh, could get into a festival of if course. the story was okay. Because I don't give a fuck about production value. Yeah, yeah. And also, my phone shoots 4K, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't really. My computer is old and sad, um, but uh, so I can't really edit it on my computer. Right. But I can shoot 4K and like do that. So of course, you can definitely do that because I don't think people know the difference. I mean, obviously, like if you're shooting on DV cam, hopefully that's like your style that you're going for. But um, mm -hmm. you know. It is, or you can you can buy a camera that shoots fucking AK for not that much money, or borrow from your friend. Like it, it, yeah. it is, those things are available, and and that's that's actually a really good point. Is that for me when I'm watching a short, like you know, unless I can't hear the sound, or you know, it looks so bad that I can't see what's happening. Like, of course you you know because it is easy to make things look good and sound good now, but. Honestly, like I would take something that's like a little bit more rough around the edges or a little bit more like handmade, homemade or whatever than something that's super, super polished that I don't give a fuck about. Because mm. that's the problem is that there's so many of the things that are getting made. You're like, oh, it's so many films. And everyone thinks that must mean there's so many great films. There are not still the same basically amount, I think, every year to year of things that make my short list that I think are like great that I would love to show at the festival. There is a huge, much more middling ground of things that are like totally fine, totally watchable, look good, sound good, but like I don't care at all. <laughs> I've seen this story 1,000 times, nothing feels good. Or it's also like this feels fake. Like who made this movie about a, a woman struggling with her sexuality? Oh, a 50-year-old white man in yeah. Arizona. Yeah. That's not, that's why it doesn't feel right. You know, where there's still also these people who are like, ooh, what's a hot story? Like, ooh, let's talk about race or women's rights or whatever. It's like, if that's not something that you have experience with, like maybe let those people tell their own story mm -hmm. and then tell a story that feels authentic to you. And, and they don't have to be huge. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't know, you know, people are like, but what if it's too short? Like I've played films that are like 60 seconds before. Like right. if it makes you laugh, if it makes you care, if you get some kind of emotional reaction or like, you know, I'm watching films for eight hours and then I'm, something comes on and I'm like, was answering email and cause I watch everything Vimeo, watch later. I like just yeah. put a giant scroll. I'm like, okay, here's eight hours and I just let it go. So one ends, That's I answer cool. an email and then I'm like, wait, what's this one that <laughs> came on? And I kind of like sit up and take notice and I feel engaged by it. Like that is the number one thing that we're looking for. Well, you mentioned that, you know, you'll program a 60 second short, but duration is pretty big in terms of the other yeah. way around. What's the, <laughs> what are the chances you'll program a 20 minute short into a program? If it's amazing and great and I love it and it's all those things I've already said, then yes. Okay. Cause it's, it's the same as everything, right? Like it doesn't really matter how long it is if I am so enthralled in it or connect with it so much like there's um a documentary short that's 40 minutes this year that's I think the longest film we're playing and af and so many people have brought it up to me that they're like oh my god that film is amazing and I'm like oh it's 40 minutes and they're like what wow. I didn't even realize um because you're so kind of connecting with it I think the main kind of takeaway in terms of runtime is like make your work the length that it needs to be to get it across you know like because most of the stuff that people are making that is between 20 and 40 minutes is like bloated they didn't have a real editor or they didn't wait till they got to a more fine cut stage to kind of submit um because if i'm want if anyone if i'm especially if i'm at home watching a film and i'm like 
wow, this is 20 minutes. But really, if it was 10, it would have been amazing. Like, yeah. we're not playing that. Like, the competition is too high now at this point to really have much room for those things unless it's, like, just doing something that you've never seen before. But it's more, like, about making things the right length for the story you're telling. And also, like, it, yes, when I played that 40-minute documentary, that means that probably two or three other documentary shorts didn't make it in. Right. So I'm having to decide, you know, do I want this film? Or do I want these three other films? And for that one, you know, that that one was so unique and engaging that, you know, it it surpassed that. But you you do have to think, like, your film has to be better than those three other films. Or I have to be willing to support one filmmaker over three filmmakers to kind of, like, to let let it, let it ride. Yeah. But definitely we don't play anything over 40 minutes because that's the Academy rules for winning. So we keep it to 40 minutes and under and 40 minutes and over in terms of like the separation of feature and short, but almost nothing that I've ever seen really needs to be 40 minutes. Right. Like every year there's like two things I see that are really long that I'm like, that makes sense. And then every other one I'm like, well, you could have cut this out <laughs> and this was really long and like kind of just like where if I can see, I'm not an editor y'all. So if I can see that it needs to be edited, then yeah. that's, that means you need to work more or let someone else edit your film right? or let someone at least help you edit your film. Yeah. Work on it with someone. Yes. <laughs> Don't work alone. So if a filmmaker has like a 20 minute cut, but they're worried that it won't get in, uh, do you think that they should make a film uh, like a 15 minute cut just to try and meet the sort of festival expectations just to experiment with that? Or do you think that like, if it fits the story, it's the way to go. You should make the film you want to make, but there are definitely film schools that are like requiring kids to make like 20 or 25 minute yeah. shorts. So yeah, yeah. definitely um, don't always do that. Like there was a film I played last year where they were like, everyone told me my film was too short and none of them got in anywhere because they made this long ass stuff. And, you know, it huh. doesn't just come down to the runtime, but it's just really more like make the film you want to make. So yeah. there, every year there's probably one thing I see that, they're usually documentaries because it's so much harder to kind of like leave your subject on the cutting room floor, but mm. where, you know, it's a 40 minute cut. And I'm like, do you, cause a lot of documentaries, especially international documentaries, they'll have like a 40 minute cut. They'll have a shorter kind of like TV cut, mm. like 27, 28 minutes. And then some of them have like a 15 minute cut. So sometimes I will ask, but if they say they don't, I'm like, okay, cool. No worries. Cause I'm, you know, for me, I think people should make the work they want to make and ultimately like make whatever you want to make. If it doesn't go to a film festival, cool, live your life, do whatever you Put want. Like, <laughs> yeah, put it on the internet. But I think there is also just like the reality is that a 40 minute narrative short is longer than every single person's favorite episode of TV. Yeah. I mean, if you're watching an hour long drama, maybe it's a little bit shorter, mm -hmm. but you have to really be, you know, especially if you're wanting people to watch stuff online. Like I don't watch, I do not watch anything that's 40 minutes unless it is my favorite TV show at all. Yeah. Unless I'm like at a festival I also and have it's a hard being time forced. Doing that for sure. You know, people just don't have that much time. It's how much of a commitment. And honestly, because most of the time you could have told your story in a short amount of time. That's why, that's why, you know, TV shows are like 25 minutes yeah. or whatever. And also it's just hard to keep an audience's attention nowadays. It's yeah. just like, people are busy. You're yeah. asking them to give up that whole hour of their life, you know? So I think you, everyone should just make whatever they want to make, but also just be aware that if you're really committed to that, that might mean that that's the opposite of what most people are interested in. Cause definitely people, you know, get eager and they're like, I'll do whatever you want. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you got to do what you want to yeah, do. Exactly. But may, you know, maybe having it, your, your own, you cut. I think it's like more like be open to you being wrong. Like if you want this to be 40 minutes and it's 40 minutes, do that. But then also have someone help you edit it to a shorter time just to see, just to see what that feels like and be open to like the possibilities of how things could change or could, you know, just like, 
experiment. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what a film is. Yeah. Don't be married to like any one idea ever. Right. Great. Well, I mean, this has been awesome. I guess I'll just close by asking a, a, a question I often close with, and that's if you have a pearl of wisdom for any emerging filmmaker trying to get into South by Southwest, trying to get into a film festival. We've covered a shit ton today, but what is your biggest piece of advice? My biggest piece of advice is not to care so much about what every single person thinks about you and what you're doing. Do what you want. Do what feels right. Also, pay attention to shit. You, there's no way for filmmakers to like not be organized anymore. It's like figure out the deadlines, submit as early as you can, although it doesn't matter if you submit earlier. I see stuff on the last day that I fit into the program. doesn't matter. And um, just like... Try to be having a good time. Huh. And also, no. Okay, wait. Number one piece of advice. Here we go. Don't be a fucking asshole. <laughs> because everyone remembers if you're an asshole. What are, what are some things that an asshole would do? Mm, an asshole would <laughs> call and cuss out the receptionist at a festival because they didn't get in. Or send a really nasty email in response to the rejection letter. Or, um, you know, accost you at a festival and say, like, you're a fucking asshole for not liking my film. Or just, like show up to their screening and in the Q&A act like they don't care. Mm. Like the audience doesn't, like mm -hmm. they came here, they're waiting, they want to see you, like act like you don't care, just be like kind of, you know. Too cool. Yeah, too cool for the other filmmakers. Like the most successful filmmakers that I know are the most collaborative, the most kind, mm. and like are ready to help anyone. And that means that like everyone is also ready to help them. Nice. And that's like how you get a good reputation because yeah. your reputation is pretty much like everything, especially now that we have the internet. Yeah. Not that the internet also can't have lies, but just like, I know when someone's an asshole, like even this, this week, like someone I know who, who just is interested in a filmmaker that I have, he was like, Hey, I heard he like signed with this agent. And like, just so you know, like from my experience, that agent like doesn't, has been not doing good work for their clients. It's like for anything in the world, whatever it is, like showing up, having a smile, and being kind to other people is like generally good advice, but especially in this case, cause you know, like if, if you respond to your rejection, especially like this year, I sent some, a lot, I sent so many personal rejections because we were, guess what? We reject tons of people that we know and love. <laughs> so I send them a personal note and someone replied and was like, fuck you. No one gives a fuck about what you do anyways. Like, just like, you know, just like the, the it's definitely what you feel when someone rejects you. Right. But maybe just, like, don't immediately reply with it. Maybe just, like, save a draft or, like, write a little note about it and, like, vent it out. But don't send it back because, you know, am I going to be interested in watching their next film? Probably not because yeah. that's not the kind of person we want to bring in and be, like, in our community. We want true blue, like, sweethearts, badasses, amazing people. That's fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Claudette. This has been Great, and I think everyone's yeah. gonna be like stoked to hear all this. So. Thanks. I'm sorry my voice sounds like shit, but no, it's mine all good. Too. Day seven, we're done. See you back in New York. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to the No Film School podcast on whatever podcast platform you use. We have three podcasts coming out every week: Any Film Weekly, The First Feature, and of course these interview podcasts. So. If you don't want to miss anything, it's pretty important that you subscribe. I'm John Fusco. You can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. And you can follow No Film School at No Film School. Until next week. <laughs>